Hi, this is Brendan Davis from the Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for another episode of Horror Express. And tonight we're going to talk about House on Haunted Hill. This is a film starring Vincent Price, directed by William Castle. It came out in 1959, and it's I don't know it's 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 a classic horror movie, and um, uh, you know it's 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 one of the top ones that uh, that Vincent Price starred in. A lot of people like it. Uh, it certainly is a movie of its time, and I don't know if the other people on my show here have seen it or not, so I'm just going to dive right into the discussion and and see how people feel about this movie. So let me start with Adam first, because I just want to do the thing I always do, which is find out, Adam, have you seen this before? Are you and I on the same page with this movie in terms of seeing it when we were kids and then revisiting it now? This is the first one I have not seen at all. So okay. Yeah, this was my first time watching it. All right, so what was your reaction to the movie? I found it fun. I uh-huh. found in a lot of places I'm not sure it added up. I only watched uh-huh. it once, so I didn't do the thing of rewatching it again and looking for mm. holes and everything, but it felt like there were some real holes there, in there. There might be a and hole or two in this plot, I would say. <laughs> yeah, but... It's it's got really good character actors. I mean, obviously you've got Vincent Price, but it's everyone everyone in this movie was really well cast, and it just it didn't bother me too much that it didn't make a lot of sense, and that I I just I it was just it was just fun in a in a old fashioned horror movie kind of way. It's very archetypal, I think. So I I was I was glad I watched it. Is my feeling on the matter. And Joel, I know you had a. Uh, much more muted negative reaction to this movie so I'm i don't curious. know if it's negative necessarily i just i find myself criticizing films like this probably too harshly you <laughs> know because i much like adam i had a fun watching this movie it's always fun to see vincent price strut his stuff man he struts in this movie but all the characters like all the actors they, yeah. they really cast this movie well um there's some fascinating cinematography and they do some nifty stuff. Well, they'll like, uh, like at the first of the movie, yeah. it's, it's kind of introduced by one of the characters. And he's just a floating silhouette <laughs> head. Yeah. And then they just kind of like smash cut to the silhouette of the house in a black background. And it's really neat. Like the yeah. effect of that is really impressive. It draws you into the movie. And, um, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like all the haunting scenes are actually really like genuinely creepy and, mm-hmm. and well-constructed. Uh, there's a surprising amount of gore, which I liked, but yeah, if I, if I'm being honest on balance, that stuff can't really outweigh some of the awkward pacing and, <laughs> and some of the weird choices they made. And it, it does feel defanged in some critical ways, probably because of okay. the time period that yeah. it was made. So yeah, I, I had a more, I had a kind of a mixed reaction to it where for the, on balance, I was like, okay, well, when's the next cool thing going to happen? Okay. Then it would happen. And I would be like, oh, well, that is actually kind of cool. Okay, so I want to get into that stuff in a minute because I think that's going to be important. I'm I'm curious too because I just I I always like getting the, the there's there's only like a slight age gap here, but me and Adam are roughly closer in age, and Joel's a little bit younger than us, and so sometimes I'm blinded by my experience as a kid watching a movie, and I don't I get a different perspective, you know, hearing from Joel. Um, but the movie's premise is pretty simple. Basically, Vincent Price plays a guy named Frederick Lauren who invites a bunch of people to, to stay at a mansion that he's rented that's supposed to be haunted. And if they stay the night and they survive, they all get $10,000 each, right? That's the, the basic storyline. Over the course of the evening, you know, a, a number of, uh, you know, spectral events happen 
but it starts to look like there might be a human hand manipulating these things. And then there's a, a, a big surprise where it's revealed that uh, Vincent Price's wife is actually working with one of the people that came to stay at the house to um, to to orchestrate events so that Vincent Price character Vincent Price's character gets murdered, um, you know, by somebody who's so uh, crazed because they they they've been harassed by ghosts all night that they end up shooting him with a, a gun that they've been given. Um, it's a very elaborate scheme. Um, and then on top of that scheme, you find out that Vincent Price is also scheming. So there's a, there's a, like a real, uh, it's a very, it's a very human, very character driven haunted house movie, basically. Um, and it has a lot of the hokey things that you would expect from a 1950s film. And a couple of things that are significant. I believe that this film actually was one of the things that inspired, uh, Hitchcock to do Psycho. I think he saw this movie. And it was like a low-budget horror movie that did well. And he decided to do his own horror movie in the same way. And there, this was also part of a... Um, uh, there was like some kind of... like They had a lot of gimmicky things they did in the theaters during this period of filmmaking. And I think it was called a Murgo. I don't know if it's a Murgo or Murjo. If it's a hard G or a soft G. But basically, they, they would I think they would have skeletons on strings run up and down the aisles or towards the audience at the crucial moments in the movie when you see the skeleton like emerge from the acid tank and that sort of thing. Um, which, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious how that would have enhanced or harmed the experience. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't around for the gimmicky age of, 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 of horror cinema, so... Um, but... Unless we're counting the 3D horrors... Uh... Because I mean, we we all saw Jaws 3D, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, but we I we came in at like the tail like there was like this little craze in the early 80s of really bad 3D with the um <laughs> you know and and uh and now if you watch those movies it's like uh, I I don't know but 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 I feel like th- that was a that was like a an attempt to bring back something from that gimmicky age but to I. I just always wonder what it was like to, to be around when this stuff was really new. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't sort of old fashioned. Um, but yeah, so Joel, to get to your criticisms, what were the things that, that, that you had difficulty with in the movie? Like what parts were, were problems for you in terms of pacing and the other things you mentioned? Uh, well, okay. So the characters are kind of stupid, right? I mean, it turns out some of them are so super smart that it kind of doesn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so the, can you give it like give an example of like one well, character? I mean, all right, so your plan is for, to lure all of your enemies and just random people to a haunted house, arm them all with guns, live ammo, yeah, and then tick trick or know about in advance because this is all surprise, uh, but assume in advance that your wife who hates you will already be in cahoots with one of the people that you that you brought there and then she will terrify one of them enough to shoot you and then you will have a bulletproof vest oh no it was blanks it was a blank it was blanks you're gonna make sure that the blanks are in just that one pistol so you know who's gonna get scared completely well oh no so just to comment that I think that only one gun had live rounds. I think the one that Vincent Price fired had a live round in it. But I think the implication was all the other ones were blanks. 
I, I could be wrong about that, but that was my... Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I'm pretty sure there was, like, one blank, or her gun was blanks or something like okay. that. He said he said uh, hers had blanks in it. That, yeah. Obviously, it's it's indeterminate. I don't think... It, we just don't know okay. what, what... what. All right, so... Had. And that's the thing. Okay, so he may have filled them all with blanks, but it mm-hmm. seems like that's pretty vulnerable yeah. to them testing it once uh, or looking yeah. at the ammo, which would clearly be blanks. I, anyway, so anyway, you'll fake your own death, but then you'll you'll have this elaborate skeleton rig that you will use to terrify your wife to fall into acid because that's not technically murder. I, just, I really feel like, like the best case scenario legally for this guy is that he will be charged with murder because he murdered his wife well let's not get too I mean, ahead of ourselves because that's a whole other just, discussion we need to but have I mean, but... like okay so that's the smartest character and i'm yeah. doing that i'm doing in the air quotation yeah. quotes as i say smartest character but like the other characters like okay you have the guy who really genuinely believes the house is haunted despite the fact that like every one of the scares is explained in the movie i think so there's no reason yeah. to believe it's haunted, except that guy like will pay into the audience and be like but don't there's yeah. gonna be more ghosts now Really, dude? You don't have any credibility. I don't believe your folksy wisdom, sir. I don't think you're wrong about anything you're saying. I do think that character has two things that could possibly put a question mark around that. One is he's a drunk, which sort of, you know, his behavior could just be explained as he's a drunk and, you know, he's not paying attention as well as everybody else. But the other thing is, you know, maybe... Maybe there's something else going on. Like, maybe he's supposed to be adding a layer of ambiguity to the movie. Um, yeah, I found that felt that was something that fell really flat for me was yeah, the ending yeah. where he does little speech at the end. Oh, yeah. but now mm. there are more of those. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like there, I was there like, were there previously were never, zero, never... but now there's some number. <laughs> yeah, is it still yeah. zero? I don't know. Yeah, I just like you can't you can't do a fake haunted house yeah. movie and then ends with the ghosts are still out there they're yeah. coming for you no and, i yeah i just i that that didn't work that was so, really yeah, really too zany. that guy tries to sell something that nobody is buying but then again um, his performance is so entertaining though no, also, at, at i the, want to love him at, yeah, well here, here's the thing joel at the end of this i'm going to give my bizarre brendan take on things and i'll I, i'm i'm so i'm Uh-oh. I rarely look forward to those, as you all know, I, but this time I am anticipating it with great relish. I, I have a I have a working theory that might redeem him for you, but <laughs> okay, uh, good, or or just make me more infuriating to you. I don't know, one of the two. <laughs> but but the other thing that kind of irritated me about this movie is mm-hmm. I'm just going to get all my gripes out right the fuck now. Okay, <laughs> is they would do this great thing where they would have really good scares, like the first ghost you see, like the old lady, that and they great. were like. They were creepy and like yeah. had a good atmosphere and they were shocking when they were put out and they did it again and I'm like, oh man, that's cool. Yeah. And she was kinda like um really she's like the equivalent of the the woman from the grudge or from the ring. Yeah. It's like yeah, that type really of thing. Is. She's yeah. like the nineteen fifties equivalent of that. She's yeah. and like for the time that must have been heart stopping. Yeah, that was scary. Then, Even now that looks I would agree. That yeah. image was and then scary. They just explain it away. They're like, Oh no, that's the guards that's the groundskeeper. Yeah. And his wife, whatever. They would do that over and over. Like again, there's a there's a later shock where um someone apparently dies and then apparently comes back as a ghost and she's outside of the window and she looks really haunting. Yeah. And she's like snaking in this rope to hang someone with and they're just like terrified. And it's it's beautiful. It's actually an incredibly eerie it is. scene. It is. And then the very next scene is them explaining how it's all fake. 
It's just, oh, God, stop undercutting this. It's so great. The, yeah. the last scare, of course, is the, the skeleton. And, yeah. like, at first I was like, okay, a little bit cheesy, but it's got Vincent Price's voice, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to go with this being a great scare. Then they explain that, too, and it's just like, ah, come on. Give See, me one movie. Give I'm going to say one. you were right about everything that you said. I think, though, that, like, for me, that's the campy element of the film that I like. Like, all those things are things that I enjoy about this movie because it's sort of like a... I don't know. It's 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 from that era of 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 the st- it's 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 like what's that what's that uh, YouTube channel uh, pitch meeting where he says because the movie has to happen that's why we're gonna do it this way yeah. this movie is filled to the brim with because the movie has to happen moments right I, feel, I know but I feel like this still would have been a cliche but mm-hmm. I feel like this movie would have been better if it had the cliche of there were all these fake things going on but then at the end like I said if the skeleton had been real for example you know mm-hmm. that was like oh now we now, now they get mm-hmm. the people faking everything get taken down by a real ghost which would have been cliche but mm-hmm. I don't know I would have liked that cliche better than what we got so the, here's I would the have like if one or two of the scares was inexplicable yeah. Like as an okay. audience member, I would have been like, I would have enjoyed that a lot more if there was more ambiguity. Okay, okay. Oh, so you wanted more? Okay, see, I liked the human ending that they had to it. I thought that was I, like, I don't uh, think it's wrong for the movie. I just, I don't know, it undercut it to me a little bit. And I, I also like that you, it kind of pops you in and out of the supernatural and the mundane because, like you said, those mm. scenes are shot really well, so it's like so believable when you see it. But then you're like pulled right back into oh no it's and it's kind of like and then the whole time you have the psychologist saying well the ghosts are just a product of hysteria and you know so it's like it's, yeah, it's like i didn't it, like that that character's perspective in that regard because he's not wrong yeah and he's you also know, the guy that's like orchestrating know, everything which, which is another thing it's like well the guy who's trying to stop people from being scared is the guy that's trying to scare people is is kind of weird well, and again, I, I think that's another the movie has to happen kind of moment where like, yeah, exactly. yeah uh, we're like, like when, when somebody's pretending to be a certain way because they're a bad guy, but they you go back and you look at it and you're like, wait a second, there's no that doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's it's that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I will say Vincent Price through the movie, you can tell that his his character is pretty consistent, I think. But I think the psychiatrist they fudge it a little bit more i think yeah um but honestly there's only one change i would make to this movie just one single change that would make it better and that change is his wife should have died of a heart attack at the end instead of been instead of falling into oh, a vat right, of acid right. yeah they overplay the acid yeah. a little bit yeah. which i well, i loved when they introduced him i thought that was really cool yeah. and one acid kill i think is enough though well yeah i just like the the circularity of the idea of the exp- he, this guy's been married four times, right? This is, is this his fourth or his fifth wife? What was the number? It's, it's she's down the line. Yeah. yeah. They've all died and they were all explained as like having heart attacks in their twenties. So yeah. if she died of a heart attack, I just thought that would have been, I don't know, more, more of a dark humor sort of end, ending. It to would have film. been a much more Vincent Pricey kind of ending. Yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. That, that would have been a really good change. I mean, I think that same implication is still kind of there. But it's it would it would have just been more mm-hmm. delicious. Oh, I, to, to... I thought of another one that kind of irritated me too, and and 
I, I am willing to indulge the movie because of the time it was made, but I hate that every single female character winds up turning into just a person that shrieks a whole lot at things. All yeah. of them turn into that. That's really frustrating. Because they have yeah, good but, characterization throughout the rest of the movie. So it's like, okay, I get it. But but also yeah. this is like pre Ripley. Like you wouldn't have like that like like the the strongest female character in the movie Well they don't have I, to be strong, but the, like maybe make a guy turn into a gibbering wreck at the end of the movie. I mean we have the drunk, but he's exactly as lame as he was when he first introduced himself to us. You as know, far as she Nora went. She was Nora too was a character where I felt like I felt like she was a more interesting character when she wasn't completely hysterical. I felt like I yeah. felt like almost that the performance got a little worse when she was completely hysterical than than the earlier character that we saw to an extent. Well, it's frustrating in a lot of ways. I mean, like even ignoring like the kind of modern and feminist take that I'm going to have on it, like. I, I'm frustrated because it they are well-acted roles and it's convincing terror and the shrieks actually are startling and they're well-conveyed. So, like, okay, it's well done, but, like, is that how every woman is always going to react if you scare her enough? It just feels a little cliched well, in terms of writing, even, even with the even the even the logic of the movie, unless you make everyone or a lot of people susceptible that kind of hysteria feels like movies just saying like ah broads right always screaming at ghosts and skeletons well another thing too is you know it's weird we have the doctor we have a scene between the doctor and vincent price where he's like you shouldn't be scaring her anymore and all of this kind of stuff which is only the two of them he's not doing it yeah. for an audience or for anyone to see it's like why is he doing that you know it's 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 this mm -hmm private oh, conversation that oh, makes no sense later on in, but, uh, in that scene i think maybe i'm not thinking it through properly but my reading on that is he hmm. was doing that in order to persuade frederick lauren that he to, to just convince him that he was sort of fully buying into the scenario and that he wasn't there to have him okay. murdered do you know what i mean okay um, well maybe yeah i also felt too why are why are these people who want to kill frederick lauren why why are they so concerned with scaring this this woman? It's like they spend like way more energy than anything else on scaring her, and it's just like because she I needs to. Sh well, it's it's a really bad plan. Well, I guess he was going to shoot him. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, was, I was momentarily yeah. forgetting the plot because it all. But stuck. but let's talk about that because because that that is their scheme. Their scheme is yeah, they're gonna they're gonna yeah, hor they're gonna really horrify true. this woman so much, and they're gonna have her think that she's haunted by ghosts or somebody's gonna kill her that she'll be yeah. in such a state that she'll fire a gun and kill Vincent Price because he's naturally going to be the one that walks into the room when she has the, it's, oh, it's a, it, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, a very, it's a very, it's one of these things that it, it, here's how I feel about that. I feel like it works beautifully in the movie for the campy kind of film that it is, but it's not the kind of thing that works under scrutiny. If you think about it for a moment, it doesn't hold up. But I still I like it in the film. I watch it a second time because I thought, you know, because we ended up having to delay yeah. doing this podcast. I had another yeah. night. I could have watched a second time. And I thought, you know what? No, I just want to go with my impression of watching this movie okay. once. Because if I watch it a second time, I'm going to come in yeah. with like yeah. a huge list of nitpicks. And I thought that's not really the review I want to get. Nah, and I didn't want to do that either. I feel like that kind of review is overplayed where you're like, here's top yeah. 10 things stupid about the movie. Mm -hmm. No, no, come yeah. on. don't do that. And yeah. so, so then why I, do we I get it? Enjoy it. Like, you sure. know, I'm complaining and complaining and complaining, but it's, it, it is a fun movie just from a surface level 
watch, you know? Yeah, I, and I, I, this was probably amazing in the cinema when it came out. It really Watching this with a crowd back then well, would have been a lot of fun. It's, sure. What it's what Especially it's good for flying overhead. It, it, <laughs> it it's good for like the old timey scares. It's good for the performances. It's good for yeah. having like a really elaborate campy plot. The plot does not necessarily hold up to scrutiny, but it's campy yeah. and fun and like it and the villainy behind it is so entertaining, right? So um and and when it happens, it's kind of like oh, that's kind of it was. I remember when I first saw it, it was like oh, that's a fun surprise. You know what I mean? Like I was, you know. Um, so what I want to talk about though is the bitter couple at the center of the movie, because to me that's They're the good. most yeah. interesting aspect of this film, especially for the time period. Just how hateful they are toward, towards each other. Oh yeah, and I have to disagree bitter. on that being a rarity for the time. Period. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I used to, I used to like listen to a lot of like radio plays on mm. when when pods you know when, when iPods first came out and you could mm-hmm. suddenly listen to mp3s all the time i would like listen to those a lot and it's like the one of the most common things in old like you know mm. suspense radio dramas is the married couple where they're at each other's throats for some reason is the most noirish okay plot then so yeah you know, i mean it's a good point i agree with you though on it being I was actually really intrigued by that in the early part of the movie, and I feel like I feel like they could have spent more time on that in this movie rather well, than less. I feel like well, it's it's and they do I mean, and they give it a fair amount of airtime. I feel like they definitely could have spent more on it, but like when you first see Vincent Price in the film, that's actually the mm-hmm. first scene he has is with her. You know, like you see him at the top. I mean, he has the disembodied head scene, but when you first meet him in the house, he walk. He's, yeah. he, he's looking at them, and then he walks over to the the wife, and they have the conversation. And I just love the way that whole scene is written. I love how it's you know it starts out. It's like oh, they they seem like they kind of get along, don't they? And then it just sort of like all of this venom seeps into the conversation, and then like they get to this one point in the conversation where he says something like. You know, do you remember the fun we had when you tried to poison me that time? And, yeah, and it's, it's like so cavalier and yeah. catty about it. Ah, oh, that was and fun. It, yeah. And it's it's like they have this cold war going on between them where they can't like actually literally take out knives and start stabbing each other, but they're but but they they can bring the conversation to the brink of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's uh it's Yeah. It, well, it's Going back to like this being kind of a trope of the time too, it's because it's before you've hit the era where divorce has become commonplace too. It's yeah. also the 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 thing that I I picked up from these dramas is like that there are so many elements. People are trapped in this marriage and they yeah. hate each other and there's no way out other than for one of them to murder the yeah. other. That's the the only way out of marriage. And he even <laughs> met, he even comments on that indirectly. He says something like, uh, you know. He basically suggests that she's having a lot of affairs or something like that. Yeah. And and he says, you know, there's plenty of grounds, you know, for divorce or something. And she says, but you don't have any proof. And so, like, I, I think the lo- yeah. in the logic of the movie, he would need to have some kind of proof in order to secure so, some sort of... Respectively yeah. divorce. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there is that... that there, there, which I guess maybe that would make sense why there would be that trope if you have so many, you know... Yeah, well, the other trope, too, which doesn't apply to this movie, but I noticed there are so many of the henpecked husband with the scheming wife, kind of the Lady Macbeth mm. kind of trope. Mm. That was so common in these kind of time period yeah. dramas because, once again, women weren't allowed to have careers, yeah. so you kind of have these women who were trying to push their husbands into doing these criminal yeah. things all the time because they, they, they couldn't do things yeah. themselves, so they had to, like, 
work through their husbands and it was uh it's just another trope of the time with these these kind of uh marriages and, and and suspense stories what i what i like about the couple too is they're both equally despicable but they're also both equally kind of likable in their own way i mean vincent price they're both is probably, entertaining. yeah yeah, yeah. They're both uh, very very engaging yeah um yeah when i say likable i mean you want to see them talking <laughs> on camera not likable like you want to sit down and have a cup of tea with them or something um yeah no but you would absolutely not survive that tea yeah yeah you would want to yeah you probably wouldn't want to drink the tea um and I, yeah there's that scene where he make he pours the champagne for her and at first you're like oh is he going to be poisoning her and then and then she kind of you know says oh no i didn't poison it so it's like a you just you never after that scene you never know who's going to be making a move on the other person. Do you know what I mean? It's a, yeah. they're both equally capable of harming the other. It seems. Um, I, I, I like the, I like the sequence of when we get information and how things happen in that scene, hmm. because he's shaking up the champagne and, and she like comments on it. It seems like a really kind of like bitter comment. It's like, Oh, you're gonna make it flat. And he's like, yeah, well the, the champagne cork won't pop off. And then he quote unquote, playfully levels it at her. And he like, <laughs> yeah. jokes yeah. about it being like a headline, like, you know, billionaire you know mill or millionaire i guess it isn't billionaires back then but millionaire kills uh, inadvertently kills wife with flying champagne cork and she just like stares daggers at him like yeah yeah you would too you bastard. well he looks he, like he wants to do it in that moment also he does and yeah. like she looks like that's a credible threat yeah he, he pops it open pours a glass instead of drinking it he hands it to her and then after she's drank it he 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 uh jokes about it being poisoned he like retorts with, "Yeah, I remember whenever we had fun that you poisoned me. Remember when that actually happened? That's why you're drinking the wine, you jackass." Well, and I love that. I love that kind of like because you're seeing yeah. the characters how they interact, and it's so calculated. Well, and that dialogue was so great. She said, "Yeah, I, I remember." The doctor said it was a case of food poisoning, and then he said, "Yeah, arsenic on the rocks or something, something yeah. like to that effect." It was it was very sort of there's like a snappiness to the dialogue and uh, it, it, it was it, snappy and yeah. so you have fun as an audience member in a lot of ways and yeah. I, I really like the construction of that yeah. scene and and it's a lot of that sort of hammy 1950s style dialogue so it's not like natural like like there's that moment where he says like you'd do it again too if you could wouldn't you, you know like just that that style of Adam can probably so, weigh in on what that style would be called but like you know you just very know that theatrical. Yeah, you know, it's, it still has like the the gossamer of theater about it. Mm. Yeah, and uh, but I I just I think I mean, uh, well I I guess I, I want to talk about Vincent Price some more, but before we do that, I want to talk about the question that that Joel raised before the podcast: Is this a ghost story? What kind of movie is this? Yeah, and uh, I don't want to call it a ghost story, though. I think you yeah. compared it to Scooby-Doo. Someone did. Who compared this to Scooby-Doo? I, I think That's I an made apt the, comparison. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, Scooby-Doo does that same thing, although I think it has less restraint than Scooby-Doo. Because mm. at least with Scooby-Doo, you don't get the explanation until the very, very yeah. end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And this one, like, it has no patience. It's like, here's the scare, and here's why you got that scare. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, without any ambiguity, I can't call it a ghost movie. Really, the only guy who believes it's a ghost movie is the guy is the drunk that's in the movie. Like, pretty sure it's a ghost movie, guys. You just gotta get my bottle here. Look how this could be more ghost now. <laughs> ghost killed my brother. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I can't comment on him till the till I get to my my Brendan Bizarro theory. But uh, okay. Uh, 
Okay. He I was have a some... ghost the whole shot. No, anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm but... going to try to dream up a stupider uh, theory that you will eventually dream up. That's a pretty I'll good one. I'll come up with my stupid theory that they're all ghosts already and they're just reenacting this drama over and over again. In their oh, death. God, that's, they're, that's they're incredibly all... stupid. Yeah. But so... M. Night Shyamalan didn't direct it, so no. <laughs> <laughs> That's something he would do now. He would redo like M. Night Shyamalan's House on Haunted Hill. But they were all ghosts. That's right. That's Actually, right. I'm doing I'm doing the, each other. The vaguely racist uh, character of him that Adult Swim always does. He doesn't have any kind of accent that I can tell. They yeah. always do it like he's got this thick Indian accent. He really doesn't. So, oh, he's so Philadelphia. He's, so. Yeah, he just sounds like something. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I would call this. I mean, number one, I would just call it a horror movie, probably, or like a thriller. And it's then, almost like a mystery. Or, or I would call it a haunted house movie with a twist. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it actually kind of reminds me of Clue. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like the uh, yeah, the, yeah, Clue yeah. Is a who definitely like, calling back to this movie a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I would well, say, more than a little bit. Yeah, I would say a lot. I would say a lot. Um, <laughs> this was the undersung murder by death. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen that movie since the 80s. That's when I... I, I... Yes, that's, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> so, Such a sincere love for that movie. But, I mean, that movie was a whodunit, right? Yeah. And is this, yeah. is this a whodunit? Th- this has like, some mystery to it, I think. I think this ultimately ends up being a mystery by the time you get towards the end. Um, you don't know it's mystery, though, until they're telling you the answer. That's the guess. Yeah, that, uh, that does kind of kill it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's... It, I don't know. Maybe it's a. Um, I mean, it. Ha- I. I feel like you don't. You don't really get total resolution of the mystery until the very end when Vincent Price reveals. Do you know what I mean? What like yeah, before yeah. he gives his speech? So I feel like it's sort of like they they give you a half an answer, but there's still some mystery left in the explanation, yeah. and so you, they do kind of hold off until the end. But it, it's. It, I don't know. I. I I don't I don't know the best way to classify the movie, but I I I think go you could call it a ghost movie with an asterisk or you know uh, it depends on how flexible you want to be with that kind of label. There there's I mean there's there's plenty of there's plenty of ghost films that turn out to have mundane explanations at the end. So I think it's fair to to file you know as long as the viewer is led to believe that it's a ghost movie up to a certain point, I think you could call it a ghost movie. Maybe um, I, I almost want to call it a serial killer movie because if we're to read the Vincent Price character like this is what he habitually does to his wives, then you got yourselves a Hannibal Lecter on your hands. I mean, that's you know, uh, he only that... marries women. He's only marries women that are going to try and murder him so that he can justifiably in his head murder them. So that's his, that's his mo. So let's uh, <laughs> let's let's go to the Vincent Price uh, thing and ask you know number one is he a good guy or a bad guy but also is he guilty or innocent in this um, i think they're related questions anyways hmm. um well i mean okay so is he a good guy will kind of help determine if he's guilty or not i yeah. think because i think if he's ultimately justified in what he's doing then we we reasonably say he could be yeah. seen innocent yeah. of any wrongdoing so i think that's that's a hard sell so let's lay I it think... out for the viewer for the listener then um if you're getting it from the Vincent Price as a good guy perspective, like his point of view in the movie, he basically is doing this whole thing because he found out that the the wife and 
the psychiatrist were planning to kill him. And he decides to take matters into his own hands and surprise them and turn, turn the tables on them and then ends up killing them. But then once he's done it, he basically tells everybody, I, you know, I, you know, this is why I did it. And now I'm ready to face justice. So let let the judge decide whether I'm guilty or innocent. Um, that's the the positive framing you could put around it. Um, uh, okay, but in that framing, I mean, like he has premeditated the killing of two human beings, one of which is his wife. Yeah. Even in the most innocent framing he is guilty of double homicide or I mean, double murder really. I mean, he, this isn't even like, this isn't like a spur of the moment thing. He planned this out. This is yeah. clearly premeditated. When you, when you, when you uncover has... a plot, someone has to murder you. The, the appropriate response isn't to be, to make a counter elaborate yeah. plot to murder them. That, you know, I, it's I, like, there's yeah. The, yeah he, he's, he's a rich guy who can easily get the police at his back. You know, it's not it's not like he didn't have other options here. to deal I, with these I think legally you guys are on solid ground. But in terms of this being a movie that was made in 1958 with the kind of logic that it employs, do you think where do you think they wanted us to go? Uh, with it? Do you know what I mean? Justified. I don't okay, know. Then. I don't think he I don't think he's framed as a good guy guy i mean hmm. you could say you could argue whether he's justified in killing them or not but even then i don't think i don't i don't think there's any way you can really make him look that good a person i mean yeah. like he's perfectly happy to let nora get tortured through the whole movie yeah. that's you know as, as part of his plan i mean that that alone is it makes it that he's not a not a good person regardless but, yeah i, yeah, I think I, I think oh, what ahead. we're seeing is two monsters dueling here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not that one is justified in killing the other. It's merely that one is victorious. I think when I first saw this, the moment he said, you know, and I'm now I'm ready to let the judge decide if I'm guilty or innocent. Like I did this horrible thing, but I did it because of this. And now I'm ready to let the, I, to me, that was not necessarily making him a good person, but painted him as like an honorable person. Do you know what I mean? Like that was mm, sort I of my that. reading of it. Um, however, subsequent viewings I, I i have different opinions because i feel like uh what you realize is wait a second they mentioned that he had four other wives that all died and so so you know this couldn't have possibly happened to him four times like like and they and they certainly couldn't have died in as of heart attacks in their 20s so maybe what really happened here was he wanted to kill this wife because of the reasons that he stated earlier. And he he actually manipulated things so that he would have a justifiable reason for killing her. Do you know what I mean? Like like he orchestrated everything because he's, you know, rich and powerful. And he like like if, like maybe he arranged for her and the psychiatrist to meet. Maybe he even helped plant suggestions that led them to come up with this scheme. And then his ultimate goal was just to turn it on them and, and kill that them. Was, yeah, that was yeah, my so comment they're... I made earlier. Maybe he's a guy who only marries women that he can come up with an excuse to justifiably yeah. murder them. Right. In, in, in that case, it might be that when he's saying, oh, I'll face justice, he's being sardonic because he's... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I think I think he is being sardonic. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's, he knows he can, he's, you know, he can buy off the judge. It's fine. Well, and that's what they, they even say, like, you know, like a rich man like him can afford, like they mentioned that he's basically been able to, to buy off the doctors and buy off the judges. Right. So, yeah. yeah so I think you're right. But like when I first saw it, I just took it at, literally. Uh -huh. Okay. He's an honorable guy who did a horrible thing, 
but he's willing to face the penalty for what he did. So he feels like I'm justified in doing this bad act and now I'm going to face justice. But Mm -hmm. then by like the second or third time I saw the movie, I was like, wait a second. No, he killed. (laughs) He had four dead wives before and he's kind of got a smile on his face when he walks out the door. Like there's a, yeah. So, uh, but I think that's one of the things that makes the character so fun and so oh, enjoyable. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It, it, but people love characters like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. We love the killers. Yeah. They, they're especially if they're charismatic, and, and Vincent Price is like the lord of dark charisma. So. Yeah, like I said, I if I if I have what what issue I do have this movie is we we have less we just don't have that much time with the husband and wife together in the movie. Yeah. It's like I you know, the scene with them kind of sparring with each other is great and it's like I I wish there was more of that rather than them kind of keeping their distance the whole time. Yeah, we kind of dwell on the reaction of all of the other characters like in the the perspective of the less interesting characters and I really feel like if he'd centered it more on the the vicious husband and wife that would have been a little more watchable. Yeah, I think I think the test pilot was he gave a good performance, but ultimately by the end of the movie, he doesn't. Nothing he does really matters much. I think watching this on a subsequent viewing, I'd be like, well, we're spending a lot of time with here? somebody who has no real involvement in the he, actual. Plot. He he's the type of character that like Seth MacFarlane is always making fun of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like he's that like like that very cocky, assured, you know almost arrogant sort of leading man he's, type character. Um, yeah. He's a perfect leading man yeah. character and he plays the part just, mm. yeah, he just nails it. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up to anything in this movie no. though. Unfortunately, though I do think like he, I think deliberately maybe, but he's undercut by the fact that he gets whacked on the head the way he does. And that <laughs> something about that makes him less suddenly he doesn't seem yeah. so competent once that happens you know what i mean well, that actually uh, I, and maybe not to give the movie too much credit but that actually might have been the the movie's way of telling you no there's no hero in this movie there's no protagonist there's no good guy there's no triumph of good this is about bad people of varying levels of competence killing each other yeah 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 they're they're really i mean the most likable character is um is the mora character right of the uh, uh nora character um mm. And uh, and even she's not a hundred percent likable because, like you said, she's sort of hysterical by the end of the film, and then she ends up firing a gun at Vincent Price's character. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so I, I I you know it's it's not quite like Hateful Eight levels of you know <laughs> despicable characters or even Duel for Gold characters, but like it's still it's still kind of getting into that territory, I think. Um, but. Oh, one thing I noticed about this movie that I wanted to talk about is the way that that it is introduced at the beginning where you have um, first the, the drunk character gives kind of a narration and then Vincent Price gives a narration, but then he kind of addresses the viewer in a weird way. And every once yeah. in a while, he periodically addresses the audience. Um, and I was just thinking this time that the, the closest thing that it can remind me of today is actually like like a video game. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like a there's like a video gamey sort of like the introduction where he's like where he sort of leaves it to the viewer like you have until midnight to arrive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it felt very it felt well, like something like I would see in a game. setup to a video game rather than a movie. Um, yeah, kinda. Well, I mean, and I think that may have to do with like the way the movie was kind of marketed. Like like uh, Adam was talking about, there was a gimmick to this film. Yeah. You know? 
and so maybe that was kind of their experimental way of 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 getting the the audience in like a different sort of headspace. Yeah. yeah. And this movie does do a really good job of of defying your expectations. Um, so I mean, like, there, there's a lot going on in this movie. It's more cerebral than I think than I had anticipated. Um, so again, I I liked this movie. It's just I don't know. I keep fucking my tongue at it. Like, ah, come on, movie. Yeah, I feel like it's smart enough that I'm, I should be more impressed by it, I think is where I'm at with it. Where it's like, I liked this movie, but I wanted to really love it. Now, one thing about it, too, is I saw it originally black and white. That's how I've always thought of this film. Yeah, I, but... I actually got this on Amazon in the black and white version. On but, your yeah, I did the black and white version as well. But on, so Pri- on Prime for free, they had the color version. So I watched oh, it. Both. Yeah, I had both. Oh, they had both for free? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, oh really? I paid for it on Prime. Where are you guys looking? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see the black and white one either. So I, 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 uh, I ended up watching the the color version, and that that was weird. I watching this with color was very strange. I, it I took bet. Me, yeah, it really felt strange. Um, I would definitely recommend if people see this, they watch it in black and white, not in in color. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Is uh, let's see. Was there anything else that we? wanted to talk about before we uh we get on to my weird theory i guess and then get on to... we have built up that theory so much it's I not it, now it, yeah it's not, we've, it's already yeah don't get your hopes up don't get your hopes up no get your hopes way up no <laughs> keep your hopes down keep your hopes way down <laughs> so. we're on tinter hooks sir the tinterest so. of hooks all right so so here's here's my only weird theory on this is that they do say that two heads have gone missing, right, from the murders. And at the very beginning, we don't, we see two heads. And the two heads are Vincent Price's character and the drunk's character. And so okay. and so I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe in a weird, you know, way, they're supposed to be ghosts somehow. Like they're, do you know what I mean? Like that, like, like. Yeah, uh, before you continue, I, I went during the introduction when they were floating heads. I thought, so is this them from them from the end of the movie, yeah. and they're telling us the story because they're dead and they're ghosts now? Was my initial reading of that that opening to the movie? So. Yeah. So I, I didn't go so far as to flesh it out because they didn't really give you anything more than that. But I was I, yeah. I was stuck on that where I was like, well, I feel and that drunk guy keeps really adamantly throwing in the ambiguity lines, right? Where that, mm-hmm. that, 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 like you say, fall flat because they offer you a perfectly believable explanation. But then I was thinking, but this was made in 1958, you know, at a time when like, maybe like we're so like modern minded that we just gravitate towards the mundane explanation. But maybe, maybe if you're not, maybe the supernatural. I, don't know. I mean, I think when you're watching a horror movie, you always gravitate toward even now. I mean, when I'm, it's not like I think it in real life, but when I'm yeah. watching a movie like this, I'm waiting for the ghost to show up. I, yeah. I, I, you always, you always lean towards the one person going, no, they're really no, no. But what I mean is once they up. offer up a mundane explanation, you, that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, it's like you'd have the X files. You always have Dana Scully give her explanation and then just be, wrong you know that yeah but but it's, it's not oh, go ahead. Show, and that's the thing if it was shown as a speculative if someone was like well maybe this is what caused it yeah, yeah. and it was left ambiguous for us the audience that would be different you mm-hmm. know like you said yeah. if maybe one of them was wrong or there were a few spooks without any explanation or anything hmm. i guess there was no real explanation for the heads was there 
No, no, no. They they explain those later too. That's just part of the plot. I mean, like again, everything is explained by a character basically turning to the camera and being like, "Okay, we did this for this reason through these means." Or they show yeah. you the harness, or they show yeah. you the wires that make the skeleton come out of the ass, and it's just like, it's so clearly meant to be the reality of the did, movie. Did we ever get know? an explanation for the blood dripping? Huh. actually, you're right. that's... That, that might be one that's ambiguous. I think you might you might have got one there. Yeah, I can't recall an explanation on that. So. I mean, obviously, that could have been just Vincent Price. Drip, you know, screwing with them, screwing. With them. But the thing about, and again, it, it, the movie has convenient logic, so this probably doesn't hold up. But like, the fact that the same woman ends up getting it dripped on her hand again is a little bit, you know, sort of odd. Um, yeah, she's kind yeah. of a, a character that they don't do a lot with, really, too. So it's kind of interesting they they did it to her because she's mainly just kind of there, I think. <laughs> Yeah, this movie does have a bit of bloat in the cast. I'd probably cut out one or two and tighten the script up a little bit. Well, they needed three women and four men because that's the number of ghosts that were in the... Um, uh-huh. Which, which which again, would play into the theory of everybody being ghosts or something. Um, but uh, I'm going to say that Adam's theory is much loonier and more well thought out yeah. than yours. Yeah. Well, mine, I think mine naturally leads you to Adam's theory. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think if you start with my theory, you're eventually going to have to go to they're all ghosts. Okay, uh, how about this? How about there's seven of them because there are seven deadly sins and each one embodies one of the sins. That's, that's well, that, that's huh? potentially true because, um, what, one of the guys was greedy, right? One, mm-hmm. of, the, one of them is lusty. Um, I mean, I, I'd have to go down the list, but I'm sure you could probably affix a deadly sin was there any that, gluttony? Why... Did we see gluttony in this movie? Yeah. I mean, like that. It, it, the, the, that's the thing. Gluttony is one of those things like greed, where you can kind of broaden it till it loses all of its cohesive meaning. You know? Yeah. So, well, that's that's yeah. why that, that's always a fix to like almost. I mean, like Gilgan's Island has that reading of it. You know? So. But I think in a movie like this, it would actually make more sense if you could, you know. Um... Haunted three-hour tour. So does Vincent Price pay up at the end of this? Does he actually get all the survivors? Like anyway, here's your checks. I think See he's the kind of guy that w- I think he. W- I think the. F- I think he'd enjoy the fact that he's, you know. Oh my still- god, Adam, you're artifacting, and it's so spooky right now. <laughs> <laughs> Got some Juan stuff going on. Nice. Are you seeing that too, Brenda? Is that just my no? Memory? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god, it's horrifying. You're haunting me, Adam. Continue. Um. <laughs> I don't remember what I was Adam saying. Was the ghost all along? Yeah, I've been revealed. But yeah, I, I knew I, that hasty whiteness wasn't just your. No, I think he would pay. I think he would pay them. I mean, it's not going to hurt him to pay them, and I think it. I think he still kind of gets to own them a little bit if he pays them, right? Like it gives, it makes him above them, and I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't. I uh, yeah, I think he probably would pay them. I mean, it it uh. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense otherwise. Anyway, you know, paying buying them off too right before you have to go to your trial too, so all the witnesses are on your side. You know, he doesn't want to turn them against him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the other thing. He probably wants to give fairly accurate accountings of his confession at the end and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't. I mean, I think uh, I think he would definitely pay, and I think I think. He would probably he's probably going to get off scot free is my uh, 
my yeah. guess in terms of where this is going. Yeah, that's my impression. <laughs> but yeah, so any anything else to add about this movie before we depart for other films? Uh, what's our next film? Is it Halloween? Is the next? We're one? gonna have to talk about that after the uh, okay after the thing. Um, I get you. But we got two other. We can. We we know we want to do Halloween and Dracula. Um, but we'll, oh, that's right, yeah. Dracula. Too. I actually own that movie, so yeah. I'd love to pop it in tonight. Yeah. Um, All right. Cool. Now let um, me ask you a question. Does I I got a version of that on DVD not too long ago, and I, the color was really like drained from it like it was and i assumed it was because it was a crappy transfer but then i had this awful feeling well wait sometimes that's what happens to movies when there are no longer any good versions of it around do you know what i mean so is 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 dracula has it fallen victim to just time has faded its brilliance or is it still as colorful as it used to be I can't believe that it would have been completely ignored. I mean, it's a Coppola movie. I mean, it's not yeah. like he doesn't have the Hollywood connection so that there'd be no good prints of his movies. Yeah. I just, and it's not that old a movie. I think it's, I think it's just probably a garbage transfer. It's, it's almost movie. 30 years old, Adam. Yeah, but that's not that old as yeah. far as, uh, that's you true. know, movies go nowadays. That's so, true. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's probably just a bad transfer. I, can, I just can't imagine that, you know, because I mean, I think Coppola was involved in restoring films too. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, a real bad look well, if you let one of his own. Degree. Well, we'll we'll get yeah. into we'll get into this when we cover Dracula. But yeah. the version I it have was very rich. I remember I haven't seen it since it first came out, and I do remember he, it being a really rich he, looking movie. He has a lot of bitterness about that movie for some reason. Um, yeah, there's the, the director's commentary. Oh my God. He just is like laying into everybody and everything. And it sounds like, it's almost like, my God, why are you even watching this film? People is how he sounds. Um, <laughs> You're all idiots. And he's like critiquing it. He's like, he's just mercilessly critiquing the movie and just like, uh, it's, it's a, it's a really depressing, it's the most depressing director's commentary I've ever heard. I don't no, know no, if it's I don't know no. if it's on all of the Dracula DVDs, but the one that I got that I mentioned, it's on. And it, the, I remember the uh, most depressing director's commentary is uh, the one for Young Frankenstein. Uh, really, it is be, because it's just um, uh, it's just Mel Brooks sitting in a room, and he's like in his eighties. And every time someone comes up, he's like, "Oh, I remember working with them, and they were really wonderful. They light of my life, and they're dead now. All my <laughs> friends are dead." And like that's just the whole thing is these wonderful, heartfelt stories from this this old man about all of his dead friends, and it's it just utterly drains that movie. It's it's painful to listen to. Uh, so so yeah, that's the worst director's commentary. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not heard that one, so I'll have to oh, take God, a look don't. at it. I know I'm making it sound interesting. Please don't do that to yourself. It's genuinely really heartbreaking and depressing, uh, especially when we get to Madeline Kahn. Oh God, I actually almost cried when we started talking about Madeline Kahn because I really loved her. She was great. She was great. She was she was beautiful and funny. You know, um, uh, but uh, she I loved her in Clue. She was like the she was one of my favorite parts of Clue. She was great. In that. She was great. In, um, She's great in Blazing Saddles is where I remember her most fondly from. But everyone was great in Blazing Saddles, man. Uh, Oh, jeez. I just feel she was her most Madeline Kahn in Clue. That was like the, or yeah. maybe that was like when I first saw her because I must have been pretty young when that came out. But like, 
For me, so, she was never less than 104% Madeline yeah. Kahn in any role. Yeah. You know? She is very, very Madeline Kahn. Yeah. So... <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So why don't we why don't we uh, call it a day and and head out and just I don't know. Again, this is like a I wanted to get at least one Vincent Price movie in. I mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe 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 this Joel. Do you think this was a mistake? Should I have gone with another Vincent Price movie? No, in your opinion? No, this movie because this movie is good and it mm-hmm. is entertaining. It's uh, it's imperfect, but you know I, I think imperfect works. Um. And it's it's a really good Halloween movie. Like I strongly yes. suggest this one as a Halloween movie because it's got all kind of, it's got a bunch of interesting scares and yeah. like fun, vivid characters, and some wonderful, surprisingly gruesome things that happen. So yeah, I mean, and Vincent Price is great in it. So well, what else do you want? Go and Vincent it. Price died in October. You know, it's like very, you know, and like growing up, he was like the guy. He was the one that yeah. was like the that towered yeah. over all the 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 villain. Uh, horror actors as just i think be- residually because he was in a lot of pop culture when we were kids like he was in the thriller he was yeah, yeah he I, had a real revival because he was in the thriller video and he was in 13 mm-hmm. ghosts of scooby-doo and just he was just all over the place for a while and there was a and what was that game there was a game that he used to uh he used to do ads for too where they kind of took a horror movie angle some kind of board game do you remember that yeah. uh, i i've forgotten what the game was yeah. but i i remember those yeah. ads yeah yeah, yeah. The classic uh, thing you forget the product but yeah. you remember the end <laughs> <laughs> but but the other movie i was thinking of was house of wax that was another one i, I was thinking we, we could have done um and and also dr fives even though you know that's probably not as um not as solid ground as is uh as this movie or the house of wax but this uh, movie is a classic and i think yeah. it's more well known than house of wax yeah. so i think this was a good choice yeah yeah, House of Wax is a good movie, but it kind of, it, it's got the whole 3D thing in it, and that kind of, you know, so, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll end it there, and, um, you know, we'll be back on next time. It'll probably either be Halloween or Dracula, and, and then we're going to move, you know, full swing into Schlocktober, and <laughs> until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs>